my beautiful audience, and welcome back to Past the Time Podcast. Uh, last episode was a little bit short, so making it up this week with a bit of a longer episode where I actually read a creepypasta. If you haven't listened to the last episode, I read an alphabet worth of poems from a Simpsons Treehouse of Horror graphic novel entitled, I think it was Hoodoo Voodoo Brouhaha, and they were pretty awesome. That's why I shared them with you, but I don't know. I don't know if you guys liked it or not. Not too sure. That's why I'm bringing you guys back to the creepypasta world with an amazing creepypasta this week. Um, it's uh, I'm bringing you a creepypasta today that was written by the same guy that wrote Abandoned by Disney. And that's uh, Chris Howard who wrote Abandoned by Disney or his writing alias is Slime Beast. So when I heard Slime Beast, I'm like, oh, I think, I, I think I've read something by this guy before. So I had to kind of look around, and I'm like, yep, Abandoned by Disney, one of my favorite creepypastas of all time. Just super disturbing and just all around one of the best creepypastas, or at least in my opinion, ever written. So I have high expectations for this creepypasta, which is called Lost Episodes. So... I've read quite a few uh, creepypastas that have stuff to do with lost episodes of TV shows, and there's just an overall theme that every single one of those tends to be good. So you pair that with a writer who wrote Abandoned by Disney, and I'm assuming this is going to be an amazing creepypasta. But before we start reading that creepypasta, I think there's something we have to do first. Can you guess what it is? You got it. It's our horror fix. So a bunch of kids may have been scarred for life this past weekend. How do you ask? Well, I'll tell you. A packed cinema in Middleton, Ohio was set to show the cartoon Inside Out. You know that um, cartoon movie where it all takes place inside that little girl's head? But instead of showing that, the projectionist showed Insidious 3. And if you're like me and have watched all the Insidious movies, you know they can be pretty goddamn disturbing and... I mean, I've probably had a couple nightmares just because of those films, and I'm an adult. I'm pretty sure some kids are going to be a little messed up, but at the same time, it might be good for them. You never know. But everybody ended up getting their money back, plus some free passes to go see Inside Out in 3D. But I guess that wasn't enough for some parents who ended up going to Facebook and writing angry messages. One uh, parent wrote, The damage has already been done. My children are terrified and keep asking questions. So... That's uh, it's reasonable for a parent to be a little bit upset about this. I mean, I probably would be, but I'd probably be someone that would show my kids uh, some horror movies. I mean, my dad showed me my first horror movie when I was, I think, seven years old. It was six or seven, and he showed me the first Halloween movie, and from that second on, I was hooked. Didn't have any nightmares or anything. I was just kind of obsessed with watching scary movies, and I think it was good for me. I mean, if that didn't happen, who knows? I might not be reading creepypastas to you right now. But I think kids are supposed to be asking questions, so I don't like the po- the end of that post. My kids are terrified and keep asking questions. As a parent, you're supposed to give those answers, so I don't know. That's your fault if you don't want to talk to your kids. But that's just a funny story that made me laugh. But on to something that doesn't make me laugh. There's a new graphic novel coming out in a couple days called Witches, and it's not spelt W-I-T-H or T-C-H-E-S. It's spelt with a Y instead, so it's W-Y-T-C-H-E-S, and it looks pretty awesome. It follows this family called the Rooks, the Rooks family, who move into a town of Lynchfield to escape a haunting trauma. But 
Ooh, there's always a but. There's something evil waiting for them in the woods just beyond town. So Stephen King said that this graphic novel is fabulous, and USA Today says it's dark, brutal, and unlike anything you have ever seen. So I'll probably have to pick this up. I've been getting really into comics, graphic novels, and stuff recently, so anything to do with horror, especially when it's in graphic novel form, I'll probably check out. But really anything that Stephen King will put his name on, um, I'm normally 100% for. That's how I ended up reading the book The Troop by Nick Cutter, which is one of my favorite horror books of all time. Um, If you haven't read that, check it out right now. But back on track here, uh, the graphic novel, I'm assuming, is going to have witches in it. And I used to always kind of hate witches. I mean, never really a fan of them, except in that movie Hocus Pocus. Great movie. Great movie. But that was until I watched um, the American Horror Story Coven season. And that made me see witches in a whole new light. And they're dark, creepy, and can be totally fucked up. So if this graphic novel is anything like... American Horror Story Coven, or hopefully more gory and just hardcore, then I think I'm going to love it. Which brings me to my next topic, and that is that Jessica Lange might come back to American Horror Story. She might come back, so, eh, not so, not so happy about that. But she says she'll come back if the creator of the show, Ryan Murphy, offers her a good role. Now, I've always been one person that hasn't really liked Jessica Lange. I know she's a good actress, and I obviously respect her because she does a good job I just there's something about her that I don't like watching on screen I know she performs well she really makes a lot of the characters hateable for me which works out I guess but I don't know I could go without her I prefer Lady Gaga which as strange as it seems and as stupid as it sounds I feel is an upgrade to the theme and vibe of the show but there's some good news behind this news um Jessica Lang only wants a small part, usually, or she wanted one to two episodes as long as it's a cool character. So maybe if it's just a small role like this, I won't mind as much, but I guess we'll see. I'm extremely excited for this new season of Hotel, and I just want it to start. But until then, I guess I have the new season of True Detective to tide me over. But that does it for today's horror fix. Let's get into the one and only creepypasta I'll be reading today. Written by Slime Beast. This is Lost Episodes. I don't want to burst anyone's bubble here, so if you believe in haunted, lost episode legends and enjoy living in that world, then maybe this isn't the post for you. Don't get me wrong, I hate when people complain about a lack of realism in entertainment, and I think all kids need to believe in Santa and the Tooth Fairy for as long as possible. But this is different. Back in the 80s, I met this dude, Sid, who used to cut old VHS tapes and shit. It was more than a hobby for him. It was pretty much his entire life. His parents were a bit more wealthy than I'd been blessed with, so when we were teenagers and I was slaving away at Scats, yes, Scats, fast food restaurant, he just hung around the house, cutting tapes, all day and all night. Of course, as you get older, things in your past become a bit clearer and I think he might have been borderline autistic. Or maybe he was a high-functioning person with Asperger's. But of course I'm no expert, and I'm not saying that was the case. It's just the best and quickest way I can think of to explain his personality and this obsession with cutting tapes. Just cutting tapes and cutting tapes. It started when he saw Old Yeller as a little kid. 
For whatever reason, his parents let him watch that shit. If you're unfamiliar with it, it's the tale of a boy and his dog. I hope I don't have to announce the spoiler on such an old ass movie, but in the end, the boy has to shoot his own dog because it's rabid. Sid didn't appreciate this, and his dad photographed and videotaped weddings, so he showed Sid how to operate some of the machines. So Sid cut out the ending, replacing it with an earlier, happy scene, as if Old Yeller suddenly just got better off screen. He watched the tape obsessively after that, even into his early teens when I first met him. He made me watch it once to show how he fixed it, and I could actually picture him as a little boy once he started applauding and cheering his own faux ending. I don't want to say I was a bad influence, but after I saw it, I asked if he could do that with other movies. My major interest was perhaps taking a film or two and cutting in some nude frames the actresses hadn't really done. Don't worry though, I never had the guts to actually ask if he would. I just imagined how cool it would be. Often. Sid told me that yes, he could fix any movie he wanted. In fact, he had done it with a few others. He had a copy of a Ghostbusters cartoon, and I shit you not, every single ghost was completely removed. The story made no sense. There was no continuity, but he had accomplished it, and I was pretty impressed. I guess in the time of VHS, these things seemed more magical than they do nowadays. As time went by, I encouraged Sid to edit more movies, but with different purposes. Instead of whitewashing all the scary stuff like he'd wanted to do, I got him to see the light on how awesome he could make things. Somewhere out there, this chubby Star Wars nerd from our high school has all three original films flawlessly cut together with edited effects that would have made George Lucas himself cry out, ENOUGH MEDDLING! We charged him like $20 for the one copy because we were idiots. Anyway, this went on for a while before I lost my interest in it. It was more of a goof for me than it was for him. This is the point where I started working, started driving, started taking bases with the local girls, while he just got more and more involved in cutting those tapes. I think his favorites were cartoons. When The Simpsons came around, he went apeshit with those. Now his edits weren't so much fixing things as just breaking them in interesting ways. Another thing that sticks out in my mind is when he recorded episodes of M.A.S.H. and cut it with a gory old war flick. Halfway through his version, the camp gets bombed, soldiers invade, and everyone dies. At the end, he specifically worked in freeze frames of each cast member's face, eyes closed. He had completely reversed his interests and embraced what had once terrified him, scary endings. He seemed to love things like long, drawn-out sequences and terrifying silence. He'd make me be quiet while they played, too. You may have heard about this mysterious fellow named Banksy who goes around creating interesting graffiti and whatnot. At one point, he went into a music store and replaced some Paris Hilton CDs with his own fakes. But Banksy had nothing on Sid. Every other week, he'd tell me about some store or video rental place he'd snuck some of his tapes into. He swapped out the real ones for his versions, then he'd start it all over by cutting the ones he had stolen. At one point, when I hadn't heard from him in a long while, I stopped by his parents' house and found him in the garage. He'd set up his own little movie studio there, complete with a drawing board. He was actually animating entirely new content. All at once, I was both blown away by his artistic skill that I've never seen before, and very concerned about when this guy was just going to come out of the dark and start acting normal, like me. He barely looked up from his drawings as we spoke. 
I asked him what any kid now in his late teens would ask. What the fuck is wrong with you? Hmm? Seriously, dude, this is some crazy shit. It's work. I'm working. My work is just as important as anyone else's. Are you even selling these anymore? Or are you just sneaking them into places? How much is this all costing your dad? I don't care. I looked at what he was so fervently illustrating. Is that a headless body? Dancing? Yeah. That's pretty dark, man. I know, that's the point. I don't get it. Those tapes, I thought they were wrong. But over time, I figured out the truth. Which is, the scary stuff is right. The happy endings are the lie. He just kept drawing as I stood there. The silence was disturbing, and in that moment, I could smell the B.O. coming off him. It wasn't just sweat, either. It was a mingling of that and a foul-ass, piss-soaked cloth. I hate to say it, but I gave up on him right then. It's that moment when you look at someone, someone you thought you knew, and all you can think is, holy shit, I never realized they were this far gone. It wasn't until I was in my 30s that Sid crossed my mind again. I was pursuing the internet, just aimlessly wandering the web, when I came across a series of urban legends about strange VHS tapes, recut movies, and lost episodes. Some of these I recognized. I'd watched them with Sid, or I'd actually seen him in the middle of working on them. Every disturbing scene, every unbelievable anecdote, I believed it, because I had been there. Others, Spongebob cartoons, episodes of iCarly or whatever, those shows came long after I'd made my break with Sid. But the style was all too familiar. Even the ones that didn't sound like his work seemed like they could have been broken copies or attempts at mimicking his work. He was still doing it. My god, it boggled my mind. I called up Sid's old number, not entirely sure if I'd find him there. It rang for minutes on end, and I knew that the search was hopeless. Even if he still lived with his parents, it wasn't likely that they'd all still be at the same house by now. Still, I made it a point to drive out to his old place, to see if he was still in that garage, cutting tapes or manipulating them via computer or whatever he'd be up to. When I passed by the house, the unkempt lawn was overgrown with huge, waist-high weeds. The dilapidated vacate of the building, with its peeling paint on the shutters, missing roof tiles, and muck-filled gutters, told me no one had lived there for a long time. I saw a note on the door, but couldn't read it from the road. Maybe it was something I could use to locate Sid, and see if he'd ever gotten the help I now realized I should have given him. Pulling into the driveway, my headlights illuminated the garage door. It was windowless and vandalized, with the gangster tags of some traveling band of assholes. The note on the door, as one might expect, spoke of a certain bank now owning the property. It noted that trespassing was heavily discouraged, and that at a certain point, someone would be out to make sure the house was winterized. Whatever the hell that is. As I walked back to the car defeated, something was nagging at me. I knew that Sid's parents kept a spare key under a false rock by the back stairs, basically by virtue of Sid locking us both out on several occasions. When I found that key, a sense of cold, gnawing dread swirled in my stomach. Who would move out and leave anything in a place like this? The key was the most obvious thing, but flower pots and lawn decorations were still there. Sid's old, rusted-out huffy bike was still leaning against the house and had created a thick, rusty streak along the aluminum siding. I don't even know what I expected to find, but using the key, I entered the house. 
The smell was overwhelming. Not a putrid smell, nothing rotten or decaying. Just the smell of, I don't know if this would make any sense to you, but the smell of electricity. Like burning dust on a light bulb, or a heater giving off a peculiar warmed metal odor. That was the least of my concerns, however, as I saw everything just how I had left it. Everything Sid's family owned was frozen in time. The dining room table where we'd sat on many occasions was dust-covered and supported an emaciated dead rat, which had all but turned to dust. The television, that bulky, oversized television set we'd all sat around to watch Sid's tapes and laud his creativity, it sat where it had always been, silently displaying a violent bombardment of black and white static. As I moved through the rooms, the sense of panic and discomfort within me only grew. Every fiber of my being was shouting, Run! Run, you fucking idiot! Still, I pressed on into Sid's bedroom. It was now empty and in disrepair. His prized action figures and blank videotapes, hundreds of videotapes, stale and water damaged. I almost wanted to call out, to shout, Sid! And wait for him to appear as if nothing was out of the ordinary. I went into his parents' bedroom. There, laying in bed, were two motionless bodies, gaunt, gray, half turned into dust, just like the rat in the dining room. I could scarcely believe what I was seeing with my own eyes. Not only were two dead bodies slowly dissipating within the confines of this once idyllic suburban household, but nobody had even checked on them. Nobody had discovered this until now. My mind raced, my heart raced. The only things that wouldn't move were my feet, which remained glued to the spot. Sid, I thought, must have done this. There was no way the two of them would just lie down one night and simultaneously die of natural causes. Sid had said he didn't care about his parents, and when was the last time I had seen them? God, I hadn't seen them for days, maybe weeks before the last time I talked to Sid. When I finally left the room, I took out my cell phone and began dialing 911. However, as soon as I lifted it to my head, an ear-splitting shriek of interference nearly caused me to fling the object across the room. I rushed to the kitchen phone, squealing static. I tried the living room phone just to be thorough. Static. It wasn't until I put the receiver back down that I heard it. Music. Faint, barely audible music that I hadn't noticed before. It seemed to be some repeating melody. Happy and light. Some flutes, maybe a whole horn section. I followed the peppy tune to the in-house door to the garage. Pressing my ear to the door's dirty surface, I determined that the music was indeed coming from just beyond. Sid? I called out barely managing to form the name with cold, bloodless lips. Sid, are you in there? Are you alright? I tried the door only to find it somehow locked from the other side. It was no matter, since one wild kick nearly knocked the rotting wood off its hinges. Sid, I shouted as the dust slowly cleared. Through the haze, I could only see the light of a television screen. Vibrant colors, blue, green, yellow. Soon I could make out a cartoon playing on the screen. Then the silver wires running from the set itself to some dark mass. And then, the dark mass took shape as my eyes adjusted to the odd lighting. It was Sid, or rather, his body. Not dead nearly as long as his parents, seated in an old office chair. The wires from the television set led directly to his body, eventually disappearing into several old, crusted-over holes in his leathery flesh. 
Through a small worm-eaten opening in his ribs, I thought I could see more metal inside of him. I walked to Sid's side, holding my hand over my mouth for fear of vomiting. His face was twisted into a hideous wide grin. His empty eye sockets almost seemed happy, hooded by a pleased brow line. Hi there, I heard a jarring voice. The voice was upbeat, high-pitched. It sounded almost like Sid, but different, bubbly or cartoony. I turned to the screen. The green grass, the blue sky, the yellow flowers, and Sid. A perfect caricature of him. It strolled along the infinite loop of the utopian cartoon background. It waved to me. Sid, I whispered. Oh God, Sid? He, or the cartoon version of him, turned his attention away from me and continued his merrily stroll across that unending cycle of the same backdrop. He passed a shrub, then passed it again and again. The same bluebird, chirping happily, flew through the sky in a figure eight. Sid, I shook my head, unable to comprehend the scenario. I never should have let you leave reality. I thought about what Sid had done to his mom and dad. I thought about how the bank would come by soon and this would all come to light. I watched Sid walk along for nearly half an hour. Then I unplugged the set. So that was Lost Episodes by Slime Beast. And, hmm, what do I have to say about that? I did like the, I, I liked the creepypasta. The only problem was, probably wasn't the best writing, word choice, and some of the sentences didn't have to be broken up like they were. But other than that, it was really cool. Um, I gave it a 1.5 for scariness, because throughout the story, it wasn't really scary. It was mostly the ending that gotcha. But uh, the writing, I gave a 1.3. These are out of 2.5, by the way. The idea, I gave a 2.5 because I went into this expecting, like, a lost episode of a TV show or something, and it kind of threw me off. But the idea was really cool. I mean, this person splicing together all these disturbing videos, kind of making you picture them, like the MASH episode with bomb scenes and everyone dying. And... They mentioned Simpsons, and there's so much they could have done with that. My mind was just racing. And then for the quality of story, meaning uh, it kept me entertained, I wasn't bored throughout the whole time, I wanted to know what was going to happen next, I give that a 1.7, so it equaled a 7 out of 10. So I really like this story. It, um, Yeah, if there's just a little bit better writing, I would have enjoyed it more. And also, um, there's a couple things, like how he thought the bank would come by soon and it would all come to light. Wouldn't you call the fucking cops, like, the second you get out of the house? I mean, that part was kind of stupid to me. Um, and also, um, does this guy have any family or anything? Like, I know that uh, I, they must not because to nobody check in on the mom or dad or anybody and just let them die, it didn't, that part didn't really make sense. Like, the, the neighbors, somebody would have talked or came and looked for them the parents had to have had fucking jobs right unless they won the lottery well they said they were they had a lot of money but you'd have to i don't know that part kind of threw me off so all in all i did like the story there's just a couple holes but overall it was pretty good and also one more thing the main character um he said he's 30 years old and then he goes in contact he doesn't have like a girlfriend or anything that he's gonna tell that he's like oh i'm gonna go check on my old friend Instead, he just kind of leaves. And you knew there was kind of a danger with this guy. He's kind of creepy as fuck making these videos. I don't know. But all in all, like the story. Enjoyed it. And yeah, Slime Beast, keep them coming.
But now that that's out of the way, let's get into our rate and review. So for this rate and review, I'm kind of doing a double time. I'm going to review the comic block I received a little while ago, as well as an issue in the comic block that I read yesterday. And that, of course, is Batman Arkham Knight, the number, the first issue out of, I think, three or four. I'm not sure how many they do when they release comics. But it's a prequel set prior to the events in the new Batman video game, of course, of the same name, Batman Arkham Knight, for PS4, Xbox One. Don't think it's for PS3 or Xbox. I don't know. But for the comic, spoiler alert, it begins with Batman taking a dead Joker out of Arkham Asylum pretty ballsy and the joker may come back he may not all i know is there may be some deaths attributed to him while he's fucking dead that's how badass he is but it's good that there's like three or four different villains in it including someone i've never even heard of he just looked like a like a batman mixed with iron man i don't know pretty fucking cool though and there's also mr penguin of course and then some other random guy i don't know no but it's pretty damn good Batman, of course, conflicted between if he could do more good being Batman or Bruce Wayne, as always. And a lot of ass-kicking. A lot of shit goes down in this pretty small comic. But I liked it. I think it was probably just about as good as the creepypasta I just read. So I'd give it a 7 out of 10. On to the whole comic block. I mean, with that, I was a little bit more disappointed. Um, Probably because normally when I order through that website that gives me horror block and such, I get the block about the between the first and the fourth of every month. Now, this one I got about two and a half weeks later than that. So I was pretty pissed. I mean, they needed to get their shit together. They sent me an email saying my box ships this week. So when I got it, it was near the end of April or the email. When I got the email, it was near the end of April. So I'm like, okay, it's... Um, be a couple days later than I expected and then normally they'll be in by the next week uh they weren't (laughs) the week after that it wasn't in it wasn't until the third week that I finally got my goddamn box so it already had a sour taste in my mouth and then the contents they were okay I mean I got the Batman Arkham Knight comic which pretty good can't lie about that that one is pretty good also one call a comic called convergence which no idea what it is and then secret wars with captain america and deadpool that one looks pretty cool i'll probably read that next and then a batman print and a pretty sweet t-shirt the t-shirt is blue and it's of the comic book guy from simpsons and it says worst shirt ever so i like that but all in all i was kind of disappointed because when they were promoting it they were saying that there'd be graphic novel as well as comics in your blocks. And it was just four comics. I mean, kind of pissed me off because that's the only reason that it would make it a good deal to order this thing. Because all in all, you're paying around 26, 27 bucks if you live in Canada like me. So you could just go buy actual comics you want to buy for this because they're about $4 each. So that totals to what? 16 bucks. And then a shirt, get a shirt, 10, 15 bucks. Especially like one... The ones that they send you, you can get for like $10 online or you can get them at $10 at like Target. Well, not Target in Canada anymore because they're gone. But it's like Walmart actually has some sweet graphic tees now with like superheroes and stuff for $10. So in reality, I paid like $27 to get a bunch of gra- or a bunch of comics I don't want to read. I got two that I wanted to read and no graphic novel. But I got a 
pretty cool shirt. So, I don't know. I'm probably not going to order from there anymore. I'm actually going to start going to the local comic book shops around my area because then I can actually pick the comics I want to read. Yeah. So, comic block, fuck off. I don't like you. But I do still like horror block, so might have to get one of those, even though comic block pissed me off. But, so I'll probably give comic block, uh, I can have a 4 out of 10. That's what I give it. If you're going to go buy a subscription box, I'd say if you if you want comics and stuff, get the arcade block because you still get comics in them, but you also get cool shit and you pay like a few bucks more and you get like pop vinyl figures and shit like that instead of just mostly comics you're not going to read or you don't want to read. And yeah, get that. Or go to go with Loot Crate. Loot Crate's pretty cool too. But that does it for the show today. But one last thing I want to bring up, uh, this my computer totally crashed about uh, five minutes ago. I had to re-record this outro here, which was ridiculous. Like, this, I don't know what kind. It's a PC. I'm used. I'd rather use Mac. Mac never just shuts down on you and has the possibility of you losing all your crap. And yeah, PC. What are you doing? But this is a weird brand. It's a Scenix. What the hell is a Scenix computer? I don't know. Never buy a Scenix computer. It'll just shut down on you. But I guess you guys don't want to hear about my technical difficulties, so I'll just send you on your way. Make sure you follow us on Facebook.com slash Podcast, on Twitter at Podcast, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm actually finally putting a new video up. Uh, it's going to be a creepypasta called The Pink Backpack, and I'm not going to be reading that one on the podcast. So if you want to check that one out, um, I'm not reading it on the podcast because you kind of need the pictures for it. It's going to be fucking creepy as shit. So make sure you check that out. I should have that up in a day or two. Might already be up. Who knows? Who knows? You'll see when you when you check. But make sure you give us a good rating on iTunes and I'm out of here. Try not to have too many nightmares, my friends. (laughs) 